0: Starts rolling, it's hard to stop it. Last week we talked about old Jonah. Jonah, and you remember that story. That Jonah was a pivotal story in my foundation as a young believer because it was one of the first stories I heard post-coming a believer. And I, I remember sitting in, in the pew and I'm I'm hearing about Jonah and I'm hearing about this, this fish that God sent to eat a man. And, and I've been fishing before. And I grew up in Jefferson County, I've heard of the old catfish swimming down Smith Lake Dam, big as a Volkswagen Beetle. I've heard of those things, never seen them, I've heard of them. I've been out fishing in the ocean and I've, I've hooked some nice fish, but, but never a fish that I surveyed and I, I said, hey, I could fit inside this thing. And so hearing this, as a young boy, I struggled with the legitimacy of this story. Did this really happen? And a preacher friend of mine that I confided in, I told him, I said, you know, I just... I said, you know, I get resurrect power of Jesus. I get that. and I said, but I've been fishing before and I ain't never seen a fish that big. And he said to me very simply, he said, Jeff, if God spoke the world into existence... In seven days, you don't think he can create a fish to eat a man? And I felt just as little then as I did just saying that. I just, I cannot believe my lack of faith when it comes to the Bible. So many times we hear things and we want to doubt them. You want to question them. But we're talking about an author. Listen, I can't, I can't compute the Bible in between my ears because the power that the Bible is written through, the power of the creator that pinned them down can't fit between my ears. He's everlasting. He's all-powerful. He, he's the first and the last born. He, he's, he's the son of, of God. We're talking about God who, who in seven days spoke the world. We're talking about the same God who in the power of a son came back to life. And so we need to trust the Lord in what he what he's said to us. Last week we, we began looking at Jonah. And you, you, if you were here, you, you know Jonah was a guy God had called to, to go down and to preach the word, preach repentance to a city. He didn't like that. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. So he jumped on a boat and headed towards Tarsus. And why, why he's on that boat headed towards Tarsus? It says the Lord hurled a storm, the wind started rocking, the boat started moaning, breaking, the, the wood was giving. The captain of the boat came, found Jonah asleep, which is a great parallel to Jesus. And, and he told him, why are you down here sleeping when we are truly dying? So they, they're asking, why, why is this happening? They're praying to their gods and Jonah tells them, I'm the problem. I am standing in sin before the Lord. He said, cast me over and this stuff will end. Well, they, they didn't want to do that. So, so we see these men who were praying to false gods and, and they're rowing with all their might. They're trying to get the boat back in control. They're trying to get to some softer water, but they can't get there because the harder they row, the, the, the faster the wind blew and the boat was just about to come apart when the men said, we've got to do something. So they grabbed old Jonah and they threw that old boy in the water. And it said, when they threw him in the water, the wind ceased. When they threw him into the water, the waves calmed down. And here's old Jonah. Jonah is is now in in the ocean. And at the end of chapter 1, it tells us that God had appointed a fish to eat Jonah. God appointed God, through His providential power, uses His creation to swallow up Jonah. Now, I've never been swallowed by a fish. I've got to testify that. But this experience, what we're going to see today from Jonah, is some of the most humbling words in all the Bible. And so the question arises is, how do we recover from sin? Because Jonah was in sin as he went, as he got on the boat, as he, as he bought the ticket, as he paid the fare, as, as he got in the boat, he, he's in sin. And as the boat sails, the, the sin is getting greater because he's living in more and more disobedience. The further he gets away from God, he, his sin is building. And so how do we recover from sin? Jonah chapter 2, if you found your place in God's word, if you'll stand for the holy reading of God's perfect word. In Jonah chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I've called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me out of the belly of Sheol, and I cried, and he heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the floods surrounded me, and all your waves and your billows passed over me. And then I said, I was driven away from your sight, yet shall again shall I look upon your holy temple. And the waters closed over me and took my life to the deep, surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head, and the roots of the mountain I went down into the land, whose bars closed upon me forever. And yet you brought up my life from the pit, O oh Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple, whose you pay regard to in vain idols, forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay, because salvation belongs to the Lord. Verse 10, and the Lord spoke to that fish, and that fish is faithful, that fish is obedient. The Lord spoke to that fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. Father, we pray over your word that you would bless it, God, that you would use it in our lives to remember your goodness, to remember your greatness, to remember how faithful you've called us to be, and wherever we are in this journey, that we would take steps being closer to you. Thank you so much for loving us when we were unlovable. Thank you for dying when we were pagan, all to bring us into a lasting relationship with you. It's in the name of Christ that I ask all these things, and all God's people said, amen. You may have a seat. We start, we pick Jonah up from last week and he's in, he's in the belly of the well. The, the, the fish has now eaten him and he's there and he's dealing with his, his sin. Every sin has a consequence. Look at your neighbor and tell them every sin has a consequence. Every sin has a consequence and, and, and God, listen to me now, God's not going to let them slide. God's not going to let your sin slide. Now, now, I've, again, I have testified today. I've never been eaten by a fish. But God in his justfulness, because the same God who is love is the same God who is just. You cannot have one without the other. If you are blindly loving without justification, then, then, then you're just empty and you're in vain. Part of love, part of love is accountability. Part of love is accountability. And God is keeping Jonah accountable to his actions today. So he, he's in the belly of the well. The, the fish has come and swallowed him up. And he's down there. And while Jonah's in the well, we see some, some intriguing confessions from Jonah. We start this morning by looking at God's judgment upon Jonah. Remember, he's in the belly of the well. That judgment upon Jonah, remember, he's now separated from the world. Loneliness is a, is a scary thing. Loneliness is a scary thing. He, he's down there, and I, I just said, Can you imagine the smell? Can you imagine just, and, and you know there's water, but, but God's given, I, I just I picture it. God's given old Jonah just a pocket that he can kind of keep his head up in. And he, he's barely breathing down there. And, and as he comes up, he that smell, that, old, that old fish has been eating stuff. It, it's got seaweed in there, that old salt water. It's just, it's not a place people are booking on Airbnb to go. You know, you following me here? Like, this isn't good. This isn't comfortable. And here, he's separated from the world. There, there's, there's nobody coming to get him. The mariners think he's dead. And yeah, here's Jonah struggling to live. And he says, I've I've called out to the Lord. Isn't it a beautiful truth this morning that when we call out to the Lord, he hears us? Isn't it a beautiful truth that that God always has an ear for you? That he's always listening for you? He's separated from the world, but he's not just separate. He's miserable. He's miserable. He he is physically and mentally, he's miserable. He he can't get dry. He he can't take deep breaths. Confined, and I, I just—I can't imagine this being a spacious, comfortable spot. He's squished in. There's there's dead stuff floating around him, or worse, there's live stuff floating around him, and and he's there, and he's 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 been down there a day, and he, he's. Called out to the Lord, and the second day comes by, it says that, that he's been down to the depths of the sea. Oh, that pressure that would have been in his ears, that old head would have been getting tight. He's in there, and he's, he's now miserable because God is in the process of using his torment and his, and his pain to get his attention. Because cause sometimes the Lord's got to get our attention. Sometimes we'll get so far from God that that he's got to do a godly act to draw us back in. He's miserable. And he's broken. He's broken. Here we find a man. Here we find a man who who realizes the weight of his sin. He, He realized that on the boat he realized my actions are fixing to take out everybody because remember, your sin doesn't just involve you. Your sin will affect those around you. And he says, he, I'm, 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 here. I'm a sinner. He said, you cast me out. You cast me into the sea. And all this will be, you know, And as, as he's cast into the sea and you just imagine those waves still crashing over John, he thinks this is it. And that whale comes up against him. And he's going to spend three days there. The, the man is spiritually, emotionally, physically Broken. But you know what the beautiful part about our God is? When God breaks you down, He doesn't leave you there. When God breaks you down, He's going to break you down. And listen, the breaking, oh, it's painful. Nobody signs up, Lord, break me down today. Nobody signs up for that. But when God moves, when God does, God will begin to restore you. We serve a God today, my friends, who's in the restoration business. We serve a God today who's, who's not okay with you living in the muck and miry sin. Oh, he's your creator, and he's about the purification of his believers. He will not leave us there. He's going to build us back up. Look at Jonah's response to God's judgment on his life. We, we see some of the most tender scripture in, in all of the Bible. It says, I called out to the Lord in my distress... And he answered me. He acknowledges the Lord. The first step in the restoration process is to remember the Lord Almighty. The first step to, to regaining the right relationship with the Lord. Now remember, once you're saved, you're always saved. There's never, if God has redeemed you, if God has saved you from the uttermost, my friend, you're his forever. You're his forever. There's never going to be a point when you're not. But as sin creeps in, we can break fellowship with the Lord. As sin creeps in, we can get outside of God's will. We can be living in a way that's not pleasing unto the Lord. And, and so he acknowledges the Lord. He, he says, oh, oh, Lord in heaven. He calls out to the Lord in his distress. He, he says, out of the belly. Of Sheol, I've cried. That word also means hell. Out of of the belly of hell, he's, he's relating his experiences to the uttermost separation from the Lord. And he says, out of this situation, Lord, I'm calling and you have heard my voice. No matter how far you get from the Lord, he is willing and he is able and he is desiring for you to come home. He says, for you have cast me into the deep into the heart of your sea, and the floods have surrounded me, all of your waves. He acknowledges who the waves come from. He acknowledges what, you know, so many times we get in the judgment of the Lord, and we just look around, we can't figure out what's going on. We're we're down there in judgment. We're trying to figure why is all this stuff happening to me? Why why can why is this why is this going on? Poor me. Well we get that lip poked out. You know, maybe not in this church, but you know other church members who do this. They get that lip poked out and what why me? Why is so many things happening to me? Why is well, it feels like well maybe maybe you're standing in God's judgment, my friend. Maybe God's trying to get your attention because He's about your holiness. He's about, we have a God who's not okay with sin. He's never been okay with sin. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what our country says. God has never looked upon sin and goes, no, that's okay. Not one time in all the Bible has he ever looked at sin and said, no, I'm okay. That's all right. We'll let that slide. He's always judged sin. He's always called sin, sin. He's always, listen, we got disorders for everything. We need to quit legalizing and and legitimizing sin, and we need to start calling it what it is. Because when we return to holiness, we'll see the blessings of the Lord. Oh, Jonah's in the very pit of the well, and he's acknowledging the Lord. And what I love about this this conversation that, that God and Jonah has, is you get to see the love that Jonah has for the Lord, even in his despair. Even in his despair, not every day following Jesus is going to be easy. But we praise him in the storms. We praise him in the storms. Oh, when we listen, I know, I know, I'm there too. I don't like them storms. When things happen, when life throws you at knuckleball and you swing and miss. And, and think you get them phone calls and you, boy, you walk through some trying days. We want to just pull the eject button and get out of them. But God has never promised us that he would jerk us out of the storm. What he promised us was that when the waves roll, when the storm tempts, that he will be there. When the fire gets hot, my friend, your Savior will be standing beside you. He acknowledges the Lord. He acknowledges his sin. He tells the Lord, I'm in the belly of Sheol. You've heard my voice. I'm I'm sinful. He needed a fresh word from the Lord. I'm sinful. Part of restoring our relationship with the Lord is that very confession. The Bible says, Confess your sins one to another, and you can be healed. You can be healed. Confess your sins and you you can be healed. He's he's calling on the Lord. He's acknowledging his waywardness. He's acknowledging that that the Lord has brought judgment upon him. He's acknowledging that that God is in control of all things. And even though he's a sinner, listen, he's he's prayed, Lord, if you take me down and if this is it, the Lord let it be. He, He said, I went down to the land whose bars closed me up forever and you brought me up to life from the pit, O Lord. When my life was fading away, I remembered you. Oh, my friend, there's power in the name of Jesus. He says, when my life was being taken away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols, they forsake their hope of steadfast love. God loves you through your sin, my friend. God loves you through your sin. God is taking Jonah on a journey, but even through that journey, the steadfastness of the love of Jesus was ever present. Any parents in the room? You ever had to whoop your child? Now, I had not had to whoop mine yet because he's perfect. But there's coming a time when old Caleb's going... Going to be introduced to a strap of leather. I, I, it's not beating my child, it's disciplining my child, and I, I will do I will do that. I imagine, especially that first one, being one of the most painful experiences that a parent ever experiences. Like, you know, by the time they're smart like a teenager, you know, you just kind of look forward to it. But but <laughs> when 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 they're so and they're looking at you for every support of life, and now you have to discipline and then that You do that out of love. You do that because you want the very best for your child, and sometimes discipline is the very best for that child. We don't always get a skate on life. There's not always a reset button. Every decision we make has consequences. We have to teach our teenagers and our children the decisions they make matter. They matter. Every decision matters. There's, there's, there's a payment for every sin. Jonah acknowledges his sin and is ready to die, but he says, I remembered the Lord. I remembered the Lord. He acknowledges the power of God to save. He acknowledges the power of God to save. We, I he cried out, he says, I remember the Lord, and in my prayer I came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols, they forsake their hope of steadfast love. Verse 9, he says, but I with a voice of thanksgiving. Jonah says, I with a voice, though this thing may go south, though I may die here, though my life may be over here. He says, I with a voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you, whatever I have vowed, I will pay. Why? Because salvation belongs to the Lord. Oh, Jonah knew that if there was any hope for him inside that, inside that fish, if there's any hope for him in the belly of that well, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't himself, it wasn't his power, it wasn't anything he had on him. He understood that his only salvation was in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, Lord, salvation belongs to you. He, I, I'm unable. I can't do it. Sometimes God has to take us to that place where we realize we are completely inadequate for the situation so we can let God work. That's why Jesus said we must decrease so that He can increase. We get His confession and His acknowledgement of the power of God to save. But then we get God's restoration. God would have been just. To let Jonah die in that well. God would have been just to let Jonah die at the hands of the sea. But you know, God's about second chances. You know, God's about restoration. You know, God's about restoring you. We serve a mighty God. You know, is it so interesting? I started a new book this weekend. In the book, it brought out the conversation. The all-powerful God of creation. The all-powerful God of creation who did all he could to save sinners still gives that said sinner the opportunity to choose. Still gives that, that sinner an opportunity to choose. You know, you don't have to go to heaven today. You can make that cognitive choice to say no to the Lord. In fact, in the end times, when Jesus talks about hell, he says he looks upon hell and he sees the ten thousands of ten thousands of ten thousands. And when he, when he gazes upon heaven, he doesn't use the same number. He, he says thousands upon thousands upon thousands. There's a reason that he changes the conversation because I believe, I believe there's going to be plenty of room in heaven because most people will not choose the Lord Jesus. They'll choose religion, they'll choose the world, they'll choose a lot of things, but they won't choose heaven. But for the believer, we have hope that even when we sin, God's in the restoration business. I am a piddle in in woodwork. Part of restoring a, a piece of furniture, part of restoring anything whether it's a car, whether it's a piece of wood, whether you're going to do anything, when you take something that's broken down and you're going to restore it to usefulness, we understand first that it's a timely process. Not only is it timely, but it's often painful. Anybody that, that woodworks knows that you keep a, a first aid kit pretty close. You bleed a lot. Splinters, mishap with saw blades, whole nine yards, it can be dangerous, but God's in the restoration of Jonah. Notice what, notice what i tell you what, I'm, I'm, anybody else impressed with that fish? After looking at Jonah's disobedience, and when I read about this fish, I just want to pull for the fish here. Verse 10 says, and the Lord spoke to the fish. Remember, God is in complete control of all creation. And it says, and that fish, that fish vomited Jonah out upon dry land. Jonah's in his demise. What do you think Jonah felt like when that fish started going up? Well, that fish turned its course and and went from down to up. You've got to think there was some hopefulness coming in Jonah. He didn't know he was ready to die. He said, Lord, if anybody can save me, it's you. But if not, Father, I will be yours. I will be yours forever. He said, that fish vomited Jonah on dry land. Aren't you glad for God didn't take him out at the sin of Jonah? He didn't kill him. He gave him another chance. He gave him another opportunity to be faithful, and he wants him to, to pursue. And now the, my, my favorite, this next point is my very favorite point in all of Jonah. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. In Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, it says, When the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. When the word of the Lord, if you just read over the Bible, you're going to gloss over that. When the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against them, and give them the message I tell you. Listen, when that word of the Lord came to Jonah again, my friend, listen, he didn't hear it the same way the second time, he, he didn't hear it the same way as he did earlier. He, he heard it as, oh my goodness, that's God's grace being poured out on my life. He heard the Lord call. He said, Jonah, it's time to get up again. It's time, time to go do it. You know what? This time he didn't go buy no ticket. This time, this time he didn't look for a boat leaving, headed the other way. He heard the voice of the Lord coming to him again. Listen, my friend, that voice of the Lord, that's God's grace. That's God's grace. What God was saying to Jonah through those few in the word of the Lord came to Jonah again. What he's saying is, hey, yeah, you know what? You're a sinner. You're a mess. Your life is incomplete. But God's still ready to use you today. No matter matter what sin you have, no matter where you've been living, no matter what you've been doing, he says, At repentance, and that's the confession we see from Jonah. We see a true picture of repentance, Lord. It's my fault. I got myself in this mess. But, Father, if you'll redeem me, if you'll save me from this, because only you can. Father, I will be faithful. He says, I will pay what I have vowed. It says, and the Lord came to Jonah again. Today, God's ready to restore you. Today, God's ready to call you by name. He's ready to set your feet on a solid rock. Is it painful? Certainly. Is it going to hurt? Absolutely. But it's always worth it. God's about the restoration business. He looked at Jonah. He didn't just look at him as a mess and as a goofball and as a liar. He didn't look at him as sinful. He didn't look at him as somebody that he should have taken out In that belly, he didn't look at somebody that he should have drowned in that sea. He looked at somebody who, who, even though he was a mess, even though he had all these things, I can still use him for my glory. I can still use him for my glory. Today, I'm confident that you have some issues that you need to deal with today. Because in writing of this sermon, I realized I had some things I had to deal with. Because we're all, Scripture says, Man is a few days full of trouble. Man's a few days full of trouble. We've all got sin. We've all got that stuff. Boy, we wouldn't want it publicized. Boy, we wouldn't want it told. But the Father sees all. The Father sees all. And if I've learned anything from Jonah, he never overlooks sin. He's always there waiting on you to receive forgiveness. He's always there waiting on you to turn. This story parallels so closely to the New Testament. There's a story in the New Testament about the prodigal son who looked at his father one day. The father was a wealthy man. He said, give me all that's mine. And the father was faithful to it. He gave him all that was his and he went off and he squandered it. He went off and he squandered it. He was... Depression hit the land that he was in. He had to get a job and he's feeding the pigs and he looks down at the, the food, the old slop that he's feeding the pigs and he looked at that old slop and his mouth watered. you ever been that hungry? Wait, you look at pig food and, and your stomach gets hungry? And he realized, he says, my father takes better care of the servants than, than what I'm getting here. He said, I don't care if he... I don't care if he sees me as, he, as his son. I don't care if he sees me as his kin, if he would just hire me to be a servant on his farm. So, so this boy started out about his journey, and I just imagine so many times we try to come up with the right words to say to the Lord as this, as this young man did. and he struggling with what to say to the father, and, and it, it says that the father who had a watchful eye for the son, who had a watchful eye for the son, he saw him while he was a long way out, Scripture tells us he saw him, and which was very uncommon for men in that day. The Bible says he ran. He ran, and he embraced his son while he was yet far. And remember, oh boy, he's been, he's been walking for miles now. He's got this speech perfected. Oh, he's going to impress the father and get this job. And, and he, he's not allowed to say a word because the father embraces him with love. Can I tell you today that the Lord's ready to embrace you with love? If you'll turn and come to him. Listen, that first step's scary, but I promise you that embrace of the Lord is the sweetest embrace you will ever experience because nobody, nobody loves you like God loves you. Nobody cares for you like God cares for you. He says, trust in me and I'll be your way. Let me pray for you. Father, in the very name of Jesus, we thank you so much for the day. And we thank you for Jonah chapter 2, and we thank you for Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. That no matter the, the depth or depravity that we find ourselves in, you're always desiring to come with us in repentance. You're always desiring to call us back. You're always desiring for us to repent and return to righteousness. You're always pursuing us to be godly and to be holy. Lord, I pray that as your spirit is moving and it is calling and it's drawing people in here that we would all survey our lives. Because in reality, we've all got sin we're struggling with. If the Apostle Paul prayed three times for you to remove that that thorn from his flesh, Father, I'm reminded today I'm no no Apostle Paul. I am a, a man few days full of trouble And I've got sin in my life, Father, that I need to lay down on on an old-timey altar and allow you to work in me. So, Father, I pray for everybody in this room today as they're surveying their life, God, that they would get, get honest with you and realize none of us in this room are perfect, but we're all forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we give this service over to you right now. Allowing you to have the freedom in this place that you need. God, I pray for the hand of the Lord to be on this place. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Will you stand and sing with us this morning? If you need to come down to an